Welcome to the Beacon Hill Podcast, helping you grow in your faith and shine for Christ. Thanks for joining us. Now here are your hosts, Pastor G.J. Farmer and the Beacon Hill Baptist Church staff. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to our third episode of the Beacon Hill Podcast. Glad you joined us today. I'm sitting here with Josh and Joel. One of these days, because I am so new and all of the other staff names start with J, I'm going to call you all something different. I almost did then. I almost went too quickly on it. Uh, if you haven't picked up on it by now at Beacon Hill, I'm the only staff member whose name does not start with J. Um, we got Jake, Joel, Josh, and Jessica, and uh, yeah. So you're going to be of, dropping the G before you know it. There. Well, they've already they've already tried to force me to do it, but I'm holding strong. We tried to get somebody with the J, but just didn't work out. Yeah. Oh well. <laughs> <laughs> hey, again, glad you've joined us. Um, talking about uh, unity this week, and um, yesterday we were kind of discussing a little bit of what we wanted to talk about on the podcast. Joel had an interesting kind of topic of conversation, like a starting point, because we talked about, and we'll get more into this in just a moment, but unity is to be harmonious in the body of Christ. Um, but I'll let you ask your question because I'm not sure I'll word it exactly the same way. Yeah, I was thinking about harmony. I've always been envious of people to, that can harmonize with others well. I like to sing, but I can't sing harmony. But I was wondering... If y'all could switch voices, have someone else's singing voice, anyone in the world, who would you choose? What singing voice would you have? That's a great question, Joel. Do you already know? I have been thinking about this, yeah. Okay, because I haven't, so I'll let yeah, you go ahead. Yeah, I'll think. This is like a little mermaid thing or something, Yeah, kind of. Exactly. Well, I mean, the obvious answer would be Pastor Jake Edwards, but <laughs> we're talking about outside in the world. Personally, I would want um, my voice to uh, be my life if it was that well. So I was thinking of, you know. <laughs> what does that mean? It means, like, I would want to sing well enough because of the question that that would be, <laughs> wow, you know, what I'm all about. So, so you've, you've thought about thinking, this too much. I, I have. I have. <laughs> but I was like, man, what about the three tenors? You know, you got Pavarotti and the other guy. I don't know. I have Mingo. Do you know the, who they are? I have no idea what you're talking about. Sing a little, sing a little no, piece. I can't. They're the opera singers. Let's hear it. No, I, obviously <laughs> we don't, we can't do that. This is a wish. Are they from like popular when you were in high school? 50s, They're still 60s? around. Okay. Okay. I'm going to have to look them up. I'll have to look, look them it up. up okay. All right. But they're opera singers or, you know, somebody like Josh Groban. Sure. You know, yeah. but do you listen yeah. to that kind of music regularly? No, but I've been thinking <laughs> about the question, you know, well, maybe I you need to start that. listening to that music if that's uh <laughs> so I just thinking about it, I would probably go with somebody <clears throat> like, uh, Ryan Tedder or Ben Rector. Okay. Yeah. Like yeah. those are, that's kind of my vibe. You know, if I'm not listening to, uh, to Christian radio or something like that, I like, those two guys, I really enjoy uh, their voices. And so I don't know I don't know enough about music. Uh, maybe Jake should have been in here with us to uh, talk about yeah. this. But do you know, like, uh, I don't I don't know what – they're definitely not deep voices. Yeah. And so that's, like, polar opposite of kind of how I – and I've never been able to sing very well. <laughs> yeah. So 
Anyway, so since yeah. you came up with the question, what's your? Oh, uh, Scott Stapp, probably one hundred percent. Nice. Wait, the lead singer of Creed. Nice. I was gonna say I, I recognize that name, but I couldn't or place maybe it. Maybe Jeremy Camp, the Christian okay. Scott Stapp. Yeah. Or maybe Ruben Studdard from American Idol season okay. two. Oh, I haven't heard yeah. a better voice in the last twenty years than that guy. Like Clay Aiken. It's great stuff. No, yeah. no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah. Ruben. Well, uh, if you could sing, do you think like? with your personality that you would want to like be on a big stage singing like both of y'all like, or would you be like more like that's not me, me to be in front of big crowds like that and singing and all of that. Mm, I feel like, you know, when you, when I look at like the worship band <clears throat> and I've never had any kind of, you know, talents or gifts for that, but I always feel like I wanted to be like the lead guitarist behind, you know, singing behind the lead singer. Yeah, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, I think bands are the way to go. A group. Yeah, it it doesn't like you're not. It's not a make or break thing just on you. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. kind of you're up there together. Yeah, I think I don't know. I if I could sing like one of those guys that I mentioned, I feel like I could be confident enough to be in front of everybody. Just, but I would have yeah. to know for sure. Like, my problem is there have been points in my life that I thought I could sing. <laughs> And, yeah. and nobody told me that I couldn't. Yeah. And so like, I had to get to a point that I'm like, nah, I can't see. <laughs> <laughs> nobody but, uh, was honest enough. With yeah. You. yeah. Anyway. Uh, so this week we've been talking about unity, uh, specifically unity in the body of Christ. Um, Jesus prayed before he went to the cross, uh, John 17, uh, we looked at 20 through 23, actually that whole chapter is a prayer, but I'm just going to read verse 23, because it really kind of summarizes uh, all of it. Uh, Jesus says, I am in them, and you are in me. This is talking about the prayer, so he's speaking to the Father. I am in them, and you are in me, so that they may be made completely one, that the world may know you've sent me, and have loved them as you've loved me. And so in this, we talked about, because the, the Father and Son are completely one, they are operating in harmony with one another, Specifically, Jesus mentions in verse 20, verse 20, that um, we are to, we believe in him, and that really is one thing that unites us. So we talked about the harm, harmony uh, needs to be in belief, but also in purpose, because he and the Father were united in purpose, and that's the example of our unity. Um, and so in thinking about that, why do you think, as a body of believers, that it's crucial for us to be united in purpose. Um, I think that most churches would say they're united in belief at, at least to some extent, but why is it crucial to be united in purpose? What are your thoughts? Immediately, you know, uh, youth ministry, you, <clears throat> you play a lot of crazy games. So I, I went to, you know, thinking about a three legged race. I mean, if you've ever been in one of those, that's just two people but if you are not in sync with that leg that is tied up together, like you're going to go <laughs> in all different directions. You're going to tumble over each mm -hmm. other. You're going to go slow. You have to be united and moving in the same direction in the same way, or you're just not going to, to get off off the ground, really. Uh, that's, that's what I thought about, um, and, and I think we see that uh, throughout Scripture. You know, our church 
went, walk through Philippians, and at the end of Philippians 1, Paul tells them as a church there to live a life worthy of the gospel. But how are they supposed to do that with the same mind together, with the same purpose? Um, and, and that's so important, and without it, um, you know, the church uh, could not only just not be as effective as it could be, but, um, you know, people get discouraged. Uh, things um, can just not go well if we're not moving and, and living a life together worthy of the gospel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What about you? <clears throat> I was thinking when I you know, was going over that question, um, and to me, when the church you know, has a purpose and a goal as Christians and to be united. And anytime we don't do that, um, it's putting our own, our own personal goals, our own personal, you know, following our own way instead of following God's way. And I went back and I was looking at, uh, you know, all throughout the old Testament, you know, that was Israel's whole problem. You know, every time in like in the book of Judges, you, you know, when they would um, be following God and then they would be tempted by the the other cultures and the other countries and then they would sin and they would um, go against what God wanted them for the nation and do their own thing and then he would have to judge them. And was, I, I was looking at that as parallel to the church. You know, any time that we are not united with uh, just doing Matthew 28, you know, doing what Jesus commanded of us. Um, it's just, it's prideful. It's us doing our own thing, wanting to do our own thing, worrying about other things, you know, whether we're drawing enough people or, um, you know, whether uh, we have the best music or whatever it is, the best facilities, when in reality, what we should be worrying about or just focusing on is, you know, the gospel, you know, sharing the gospel, showing the gospel, drawing others uh, to Christ, being obedient. How are we doing that? You know, are we growing in our faith? All those little things. And when that gets, you know, thrown out or thrown off, uh, again, to me, it's just, it's prideful. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, I know better than God. You know, I know what's better for this church than God does. Mm-hmm. And I think it's easy to get caught up with the wrong purpose in mind because there are so many good things that churches can do there's nothing necessarily sinful about working on the building. I think that's like a stewardship mm-hmm. thing. And really, um, you know, that's one of the main things you help oversee in our church. And so I know you feel the same way. It's a stewardship thing and, and taking care of the resources God has given us. We want to have a big crowd here because that means people get to hear the message and all of that. And, and, um, and we're trying to reach people of course, but, when those good things, and we could name a whole host of others, when those good things become the purpose of what we do, then we we shift from like the main thing, which is reaching people with the gospel, seeing them grow uh, in Christ. We shift from that to now saying our main purpose is the building or the crowd or those kind of things. And then when we do that, what happens is we begin to, um, the ways that we get there, begin to get off course for what God wants for our church. And then we try anything to get a big crowd or a good building. Or the reason why we have a good building is maybe prideful or a different reason than thinking of it as a, a resource or a stewardship thing. And so we all have to keep everything in mind under the purpose and the umbrella of we are here to uh, achieve the great commission. We are here to achieve what, what Christ has set us uh, apart to do as a church um, any other thoughts on that? Well, in thinking about um, those kind of things, you know, something else we had thought of is 
talking about the good things we can do and and get caught up in as our purpose, one of the things that sometimes we can get caught up in and thinking is the purpose is just coming to church and attendance. So when we do that, how can we fight against that temptation as attendance being our purpose as individual believers and ultimately as a church? What do you think some good reminders may be or um, some things that we can constantly perhaps do each week to, to steer from that being the purpose? Thoughts? I think it's uh, a lot of it is kind of your heart and your mindset going in Sunday morning. I know for me, there are t- even times I am here, uh, but my mind and my heart are other places. Uh, even my my mind is wandering as we're singing and things, uh, you know, in my flesh, thinking about <laughs> stuff like, uh, what am I going to have for lunch later? Or what's my favorite soccer team going to do today when they kick off right as church is ending? Uh, and things that I can do instead is, maybe even the night before, right before I go to bed, just pray, God, prepare my heart for what you have for me uh, in worship. Prepare my heart to receive the word. Prepare my heart uh, to not make it about myself tomorrow, but to love other people. And even maybe reading some scripture, I find just if if I can do something on Saturday night right before I go to bed, instead of maybe staying up late and watching Netflix, but instead getting my heart ready for a Sunday morning, I found that that that's really put me in the right place. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One of the things you mentioned um, was just trying to do some things to like scripture reading and other things to help you mentally. Um, and thinking about the reading thing, I, I don't know if you all have seen the new, uh, I don't think it's brand new, but pretty new um, from Paul David Tripp. He's got a new devotional that's specifically for preparing your heart for Sunday. Yeah. Um, I haven't actually looked at it, but a lot of the resources I've seen of his have been really good. And so that may be something, uh, if you are a reader or looking for a devotional that you check out, um, I think it's called Sunday matters or something like that. Um, but it's specifically a devotional to prepare your heart for Sunday. So maybe you find yourself in a similar boat and you're thinking, what can I read or what can I do to help prepare my heart? Perhaps that could be of use to you. Other thoughts. Well, I was just going to kind of jump just what you were saying, GJ, that one of the things that I do, um, you know, it is a spiritual discipline. You know, it takes training, training your mind to understand that um, a Christian you know, is a lifestyle. It's 24-7. It's not just coming on Sunday or Wednesday and being a different person, you know, for the rest of the week. Um, you know, that's, that's something we battle. But, you know, spending time in His Word every day, training your body to— you know, not treat it, like you said, church attendance as just being something you can check off, you know, for the week. Um, but understanding uh, that this is uh, this is who you are. It's part of being a Christian um, is pre- just dying daily, you know, doing these things daily. And, and like, Joe, when you were saying, um, towards the end of the week, uh, for me, that's part of my prayer life is preparing for Sunday because— um, there are easy things to distract us, even as pastors, you know, and, and it, it's our job and our calling, our ministry. There's so many things that can distract us from uh, just what God has for us on that Sunday morning. And even ministry things, you know, you know, it's uh, I, there have been many times where, you know, I've been on a Sunday morning, 
you know, ready to hear from God and ready to uh, you know experience the worship and something happens to throw my mind off, you know, for that. Whether it's, hey, we have a toilet that's overflowing or um, uh, some teachers didn't show up and uh, for a class or whatever it is, you know, uh, that the devil can throw at us. Um, but for me, again, also, it's just continuing that training, building towards Sunday and remembering uh, again that it's it's Sunday is a great experience, but it's every day we should be in worship. Every day we should be spending time in the Word as Christians. So, I think another thing that can help with remembering purpose is trying to, and depending on your personality, this may be easy for you, this may be difficult for you, but trying to um, get out of our shell a little bit when we come to church. Like um, I mentioned this Sunday that so much of Christianity in America is about the personal relationship that we have with God. And yes, we need a personal relationship with God, but the church and the community, the kingdom of God is not just about a personal relationship. It's about we before me. That's kind of what, I mean, that's what our series is. And so when we come to church, if we focus on not just connecting with God, but connecting with one another while we're here, it can help remind us of that purpose as well, that we're all in this together. We all need each other. And so maybe if you're in a habit of coming to church and just kind of keeping to yourself and doing your Bible study, singing and saying, I'm just going to worry about me and focus on me and God, and it's just going to be us, maybe breaking out of that and having some conversations before church or after church uh, could be helpful on that. And like I said, that may be kind of unusual for your personality, and so you may have to push yourself to do that. But I think when we do that, it helps give us a greater um, meaning behind why we are gathering. Um, and in thinking about that, too, let me just add that imagine for a moment, and we're going to get in just a moment about uh, helping outsiders see kind of what's going on here. But imagine just a, for just a moment that everybody in a church has the individualistic mindset of when I come to church, it's just about me and God. If you come to church with that mindset, and let's say the whole church did it, imagine if you came in as a guest or maybe an unbeliever came into the church, what would happen is nobody would be friendly with them, nobody would try to make them uh, feel welcome, nobody would invite them to certain things. And so when we're thinking about, and we're getting ready to transition into thinking about how our unity should be observable and evangelistic to people, really remembering that purpose of we before me, breaking out of our shells, talking to one another, actually helps even more with the observation. Now, since I brought that up, I'm going to get into this next question because um, one of the things that Jesus says in this prayer is that the reason for this unity is so that the world may know you've sent me and have loved them as you've loved me. Um, so obviously, if the world is going to know what's going on with his followers, then that unity has to be observable to the people around within the world. And so what are some practical ways? I mentioned this idea of um, removing walls in a sense of almost like letting people see what's going on here, or letting people know what's going on uh, in our lives as individuals, what God is doing, and in our church. What are some practical ways we can remove these um, figurative walls uh, in our church that tend to hide what God is doing? Um, and honestly, a lot of these walls we 
we don't intentionally put up. They're just accidentally created because we start keeping to ourselves and others. And I think some of what I just talked about uh, lends itself to this, but what are your all's thoughts? Um, before I, I, uh, I was blessed to be called here, I was uh, a part-time youth pastor, and so I had to work secular jobs. And I found, you know, got to meet a lot of great, kind people. Uh, but I found sometimes over the years, I would work with them, thought they were great people. Uh, they knew that I worked at a church, and I would, you know, we'd talk about something like that. But it wasn't till maybe a year or two working with them that I found out that they were Christians that went to a church. I had no idea that they belonged to a church and regularly attended. And so I think one of the things we can do is just talk about our church. And I don't mean in a weird, like, inviting them. I think sometimes we get all hung up on, if I'm going to talk about my church, I have to convince someone to go with me. But I think we can just talk about the good things going on. Like, hey, uh, we just got done with a lot of Christmas things. Man, my church, we had a great time uh, at Hanging at the Green. It was awesome. Just in casual conversations and people that we meet, uh, just talking about um, just the community that we're a part of as believers in our body, we can just just share about the good things that are going on. Let me follow up on something you said. How important do you think it is for um, if somebody goes to church and those kind of things with this idea of removing the walls and helping our unity be observable, how important do you think it is and why um, that our actions match what we say that we believe or that if people know we go to church the way we act Monday through Saturday have to line up with that and why do you think that is i mean everything we do right it, it, we're reflecting christ uh in in a different way in those work environments <laughs> i have worked with some difficult people and then later found out oh on facebook they they have all these posts about christ and their church but their their life is not reflecting it at all and that that tells me uh Unfortunately, it may not be fair to that church, but it, it told me something about that church as well. Let me flip it a little bit also. Uh, similarly, when we're talking about unity and, and being harmonious, unity being observable, how detrimental do you think it would be to a church if somebody who goes there like talks badly about things that are going on within the church outside the walls as opposed to lifting up the good things God does. I mean, um, how do you feel like that would coordinate with what you just talked about? Uh, I, I think it's clear that, uh, you know, people get to know our church by the people. And, mm-hmm. um, and people very much form their perception by what they hear and whether it's fair or not. Uh, we're all a kind of a, a testimony to the body uh, that we're a part of. And, and we, can, we can damage that. Uh, by the things that we say and we do, uh, whether they're fair or not fair or true or not true, the, the words that we use can either build up the body or, or it can mm. tear it down. Yeah, and that not only affects in the community, but affects within. I think uh, one of the things to remember, something I talked about Sunday, is the world, because bad news seems to travel faster than good news, uh, the world tends to hear mostly the bad things that happen within churches, Mm -hmm. um, either through the grapevine or through the media. 
And I'm not excusing any of that because, and I mentioned Sunday, like the church has flawed people in it, just like everywhere else. Like the only difference is we're trying to pursue Christ. And sometimes we get that wrong. Sometimes we don't do as we should. And so because of that, churches do have struggles and issues all, all across the board. But when I talked about removing walls, the important thing I think is that we're talking even more so about the good things God is doing in our lives and in our churches, because that's kind of stuff does not get that much attention in the world. And that's the stuff they need to know. The Amen. church is a, a wonderful place that people's lives are changed by God. And he's, he's growing his church constantly and wants to work in, in the lives of individuals and the lives of those collectively within the kingdom. But yeah, that kind of stuff. I think we have to remove those walls. What are your what are your thoughts about removing walls? I mean, yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. The Bible, you know, clearly states that we are to be uh, different from the world. If we are not reflecting, you know, what we are teaching, what we what you are preaching, what we are, you know, talking about at church, um, just what Joel said, uh, you know, part of the gospel is, is sharing, but it's also people looking at your lives and. You know, the wor- world and the culture out there um, uh, sometimes is just waiting for you to fall, for Christians to fail, you know, to say, I want to see if they actually believe what they are speaking. Um, and just to me, uh, your everyday life should incorporate uh, the gospel, what you believe in. Mm-hmm. Okay, you talk about built through, excuse me, tearing down those walls. You should want to share what your church is doing. You know, I, I'm personally myself. I know I'm an introvert, and it takes a good kick in the pants for me to talk to somebody outside of the church, or um, if I don't know them very well, you know, about the gospel or about what's going on. And uh, you know, we should want to share. Hey, you know, this is what God is doing in my life. You know, we should look different. We should look different than the world. There should be something different about us that people can see. Um, and that's just a reminder for myself. So, yeah, and I'm sure for uh, us and probably for the listeners, it, there's probably been a time in our lives, probably multiple that we've had conversations with people about church and they're just like, well, Mm -hmm. a bunch of hypocrites are at church and those kind of things, because that's been their experiences. They've either heard or seen people's lives, not matching up with the same purpose and, and unity that the church claims they have or they hear or see the negative stuff and they don't know anything about the positives. And what happens is kind of the old uh, saying of throwing the baby out with the bathwater. Mm-hmm. They say, well, because that part of church is an issue, then all of church is bad. And we've really got to, to work against that as believers and show people, hey, there's so much good that goes on in churches. And I'm a testimony to that all of us are, um, as God is working in my life and, and in my church. And, um, like I said, we just got to be uh, more proactive about that. Any other thoughts? I mean, that's, you know, goes back to our name. Like we, we are Beacon Hill. We are, we aim to be a light to this yeah. community. And I think we can do that by, you know, Philippians two also says, you know, after talking about how united we are, the purpose it is so that we can be like shining stars. Um, and I think we can do that by, like we've talked about, just loving others and, and 
it's not an artificial thing. If we're experiencing the love of Christ in our life, it, it's going to shine out. Mm-hmm. Speaking of shining stars, uh, if you could sing like, just <laughs> 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 uh, one last thing we talked about how unity is to be evangelistic. And there's part of that that has to be intentional in that we are sharing the gospel. And I would say most of that has to be intentional that we're sharing the gospel, but there's part of the evangelism that happens. That's a, um, attractional type of evangelism in that people notice what's going on and they're thinking like, well, God must be doing something in them or in this place. Um, and that's really what our unity should be. It should back up the message that we're proclaiming that God is doing something in us and wants to do something in the other people. And the unity is a testimony to that. Um, and so in thinking about that, um, I think that we keep all of these things in mind about the, um, the purpose and the, just the harmony and helping people see what's going on. So that way we can truly be good witnesses for the Lord day in and day out, no matter if we're at church away from church. And so let me just go ahead and add, like, um, if this kind of stuff is not always on your radar, make this part of your prayer every morning or, uh, throughout the day that God would help you be aware of your conversations, your attitudes, your actions, that they would be a reflection of the unity within the body of Christ, that they would be a reflection of the unity that you have with Christ. Because again, he says in this passage, like I am in them. And so because Christ is within us, there's a unity there between us and Christ. There's a unity between us and one another. And so all of us have to constantly, um, through prayer and through dwelling on this, make this a, a part of our days. Any other final thoughts on this today? All right. Well, again, we thank you for joining us. We hope this has been a blessing to you and your life. Let me encourage you as you listen to this podcast, uh, if you listen on a platform that allows ratings to think about giving us a positive rating, uh, we appreciate that. And uh, also, if you feel like um, sharing this with Anybody else you know within Beacon Hill or with our, within our community who you think that our, our podcast could be uh, a great form of, of help or growth to them, we'd love uh, for the message to go out even more. So again, thanks for joining us today. We hope you have a good week, and we'll see you next time. You've been listening to the Beacon Hill Podcast. For more information about Beacon Hill Baptist Church, visit beaconhillbaptist.com.